how have you been, Robert? How has your little bit of uh, uh, the the shortened Oscar season been for you, and how has uh, life been treating you? All is good. I am finishing up my second draft for the Rideback MRC pilot, and so I've been in my little hole. But yeah. um, I'm turning it in this week, and then. My birthday is next week, so I haven't decided what I'm going to do yet, but it might include bowling or it might include a beach day. I have not yet decided. (laughs) Well, either way, happy early birthday, sir. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'm turning (laughs) years old. (laughs) That's, you know, that's the the perfect age, right? (laughs) Exactly. It can be that way for like 15 years. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Well, let me kick things off. Welcome to Cinema Cocktail, a podcast dedicated to exploring film and the art of the moving image. I'm your host, Josh Hornbeck. I'm joined today by Robert Taylor, screenwriter and critic over at the Robert Taylor Odyssey, as well as a frequent guest and contributor to the Criterion Reflections and Criterion Now podcasts. And we're here for a follow-up to our conversation from a few weeks ago about the 92nd Academy Awards. Today, we're going to be giving our predictions for what we think will win at tonight's ceremony. Robert, uh, as always, I really want to thank you for joining me today to give our analysis and our thoughts and even a little bit of our our wishes for uh, what we hope to see tonight. Uh, So I'm glad to hear that you have... uh, You've just finished up your second draft of the the pilot. I'm really excited to hear how this all starts to come together as you move towards uh, hopefully full series pickup and everything. Uh, any more you can share as you are kind of nearing the next stages of that? Hopefully we'll be pitching it in the next two months or so, so fingers and toes crossed. And awesome. as always, Josh, thanks again for having me. I have my cinema cocktail, i.e. a mimosa, ready nice. at this early hour. <laughs> that's that's you know that's the perfect drink this early. Uh, you know, I I've got my Bloody Mary ready to uh, kick back and drown myself in uh, the mediocrity of this year's Oscar ceremony. To be honest, <laughs> uh, um, do you like a lot of Tabasco, or are you feeling? Like you don't need it today. I don't. I don't. I don't need to be quite that spicy. Uh, I think. Uh, I think you will provide enough spice for the both of us in our conversation. <laughs> Just wait till we get the best supporting actress and best actress nominations. I know. I know. Uh, well, uh, Robert. So, in the last little bit, have have you been able to catch up with most of the nominees, or are there a few things that you haven't been able to see yet? Uh, the only ones that I haven't seen are the live action shorts. Okay, okay. That actually is the the one blind spot for me. I thought I was going to be able to finish those up uh, last night and just, uh, I needed to go to bed. It was three o'clock in the morning when I finished Harriet and did not quite get there either. <laughs> uh, this is this has been the 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 probably the least... Uh, successful Oscar run I've completed in a number of years. Uh, normally I have seen everything except for maybe one of the foreign language films. And, uh, I've normally read the screenplays by now and read the source material for the adapted screenplays. I have listened to scores and I've really kind of dug in and this year has just not 
uh, it's not provided me with enough time to do that, right? Uh, the yeah, short season has been rough. It's way too short. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I have at least made it through most of the major nominees. Uh, I really, we were originally going to be recording this on Friday, and I asked you, I begged you for two extra days to try to squeeze in a little bit more time. And uh, I at least was able to make it through the Best Actress nominees, uh, and uh, I've made it through Best Picture nominees, so I feel very good about that, at least, so that by the time we watch Oscars tonight, uh, I can be angry for justifiable reasons. Have you already forgotten Ford versus Ferrari? Wait, what? Ford versus Ferrari? That's nominated? What? <laughs> um, so now that we have uh, caught up on a lot of the nominees, do you have any any overall thoughts on the the nominations this year? Do you have any overall thoughts on uh, what has transpired uh, with this year's nominees? I mean, I feel like the Oscars or any award shows are essentially useless, right? It's mostly people just patting themselves on the back. But what I do think is good about the ceremonies, which might not be meant, is it's a great way to curate for the regular film-going public what movies are worth their time and energy. So my mom in Ohio would probably never see Parasite. She would never Mm -hmm. see Marriage Story. She certainly would never see Jojo Rabbit. But uh, putting a spotlight on these films that otherwise would possibly fall through the cracks gives her a reason to try new things and hopefully discover movies that are worth her time and energy. In terms of Best Picture, I think we agree that six of the eight are actually quite strong, um, which is... A fairly good number. It's when we get into the acting categories that things start to fall apart a little bit, as they are wont to do. <laughs> uh, for me, and we'll get to that momentarily, the strongest two categories are screenplay and uh, adapted screenplay. Did you mm-hmm. feel the same way? Uh, yeah, for the most part. You know, the so I caught up with some of the Best Picture nominees that I hadn't seen and was really excited to catch Marriage Story and The Irishman, which were both really strong. But then most of the other nominees that I caught that I hadn't seen, I honestly felt really blah about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not a big fan of 1917. Uh, that was actually one that I was hoping I would at least, if not love I would at least respect a little bit more than I did and it was one that I actually had a few times in the movie theater that I actually got a little angry at the filmmakers and uh it it I I felt the the mechanics of the screenplay and I felt the contrivances and felt the manipulations a little bit more than I wanted to feel. And uh, so I got really kind of angry there. I got angry at a few points during Ford v. Ferrari as well. Uh, So I I feel like there are a few of these films that just felt, to me anyway, they've just felt so mediocre. Uh, And... uh, and some that are fine there, you know, there, and I'm not saying that they're necessarily bad films, but when I compare it to some of the other really great cinema that I've seen this year, uh, 
that really blew me away. Uh, I, I am starting to feel some of that, that disconnect that I know some of our other film friends feel with the Oscars. And I don't know that I've ever felt it as, as strongly as I have felt this year. Uh, but like you said, there are some, I think part of it is that because I've, I saw most of the, the nominees that I really loved before the nominations hit. And it's all the stuff that I haven't, that I kind of was resistant to seeing, uh, I, because I'm catching all of that out of duty to see them uh, before the ceremony. And I think that that's probably where I am with a lot of this. Um, but yeah, I think screenplay nominees, I think there are some actually really strong nominee nominations here. I, you know, I think there, there are a couple of categories that uh, I actually thought, do I need to actually have a preference here? I don't know that there's actually something that I want to see win. <laughs> Costumes is very bland, like shockingly yeah. bland this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and seeing all the nominees, you just kind of go, oh, oh no, this is this is. There are no good choices here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and and getting into the the short season, you know, we talked a little bit last time that with the shorter Oscar season, part of the problem is that it's it's causing academy voters to make safer choices mm-hmm. or to make the the easier choices and i think we have seen that and as we've seen all of these guild awards over the last three weeks and those we've seen the baftas as we have seen just this consistent parade of the same films and the same uh nominees winning the exact same awards it does take a lot of the surprise out of the ceremony right yes to a certain point i think all four of the acting nominees for example are completely locked in we're not going to have any surprises unless and i'll get i'll get to that later but i do find it kind of interesting that we do kind of have a two horse race for best picture and no one quite yeah. knows which way it's going to go. And I feel like this is the new thing, right? And no one was sure that shape of water was going to win. And then of course we had the La La Land versus uh, moonlight situation. So I'm kind of liking the, Ooh, who could it be? Yeah. 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 Well, let's get into our uh, prediction. So what we're going to do is we're going to each give our prediction and our preference for what we would like to see in in these categories. And then a potential spoiler, uh, if there's anything that we think might actually upset the category. Um, So, Robert, why don't you start? We're going to go with sound editing. We won't go through the nominees because that would take too long. Uh, But, Robert, what is your prediction? What's your preference for the sound editing award? So for me, the prediction, of course, is going to be Ford versus Ferrari because of all of the revving and the explosions and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, My preference, however, is 1917, which I think has a beautifully diverse collection of noises. And uh, the thing that I enjoyed most about it was you get used to hearing certain uh, sounds that have been in the library for so long, especially in war movies. And 1917 seemed to sidestep most of those noises that we've heard 10,000 times. So that's why I am putting a spotlight on it. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I also agree that Ford v. Ferrari will probably be the winner. I think that the the type of technical stuff they did to get the sounds is somewhat impressive as well. But, uh, you know, I can't fault you for the, the 1917 choice. Uh, I am always interested in these films that uh, are doing things uh, really subtly and... Uh, while no one would ever accuse Quentin Tarantino of being subtle, I do think that once upon a time in Hollywood, the just the creation of that kind of fairy tale '60s Hollywood and the the use of the soundscape there was really impressive. And uh, whether it is creating the uh, the TV shows or the Italian spaghetti westerns or the uh, wandering around the strip. I just think it's uh, I just think that the the types of sounds that they created and captured there were really fascinating. Um, I do think that uh, 1917 has a really good shot of if any film is going to, uh, take it away from Ford v Ferrari. I feel like 1917 is probably the one to to pull it off. I agree. Yeah. Uh, sound mixing, uh, and uh, I think we actually have a very similar uh, category here. Robert, your prediction and preference for sound mixing? It's the same thing. Ford versus Ferrari will win. They're going to see it's nominated for both and say, "Oh, that okay." Boop. Yeah. Um, my preference, again, is 1917. I think especially the way that Thomas Newman's score was mixed in with the, uh, with the war sounds was pretty incredible, especially in the shot where everything gets a bit psychedelic. Mm -hmm. Um, the cue on the score is called The Night Window, and for me, that was just one of the most outstandingly mixed moments of the year so i'm giving it to 1917 okay okay uh yeah also i think that ford v ferrari will be the winner uh i'm gonna continue to go with once upon a time in hollywood uh i also i will probably always give some of these technical awards to the ones that i find really uh less obvious uh but uh, i do think that uh the possible spoiler again i think that 1917 especially if it is on the path to best picture. I think that it is the one that will probably pick up the award if uh, Ford v. Ferrari doesn't get it. I concur. Yeah. All right. Uh, visual effects. Uh, Do you want to go first this time? Sure. That sounds great. Yeah. Uh, visual effects. Uh, I predict that 1917 is going to be the one to pick this up just from the reading that I've been doing about what uh, what voters and what people are talking about right now. Uh, I think that uh, from what I have heard, people are really um, leaning towards the more prestige picture for visual effects. Uh, I personally think that what Avengers Endgame did with its visual effects was pretty impressive. So I, I, that's my preference for it, but I do think they're going to end up giving it to 1917. Robert? I, I agree with you about Avengers Endgame. Of the five nominees, the only movie where you actually feel 
awe for the special effects that you were seeing is Avengers Endgame, right? Um, I think they're going to give it to Lion King because it is impressive, and the lions talk. That's it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I do think that the potential spoiler here could be Avengers Endgame. Um, I don't know that any superhero film has won a visual effects award, so I'm not sure that it's going to happen. But uh, I do think that uh, they're starting to recognize uh, Marvel films. I think Black Panther started to get a few. And yeah, so... let's let's cross our fingers because Avengers Endgame is very very decent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, costume design. I do think that Little Women is probably going to be the one to walk away with that. I think honestly that this is going to be the one award that Little Women will take away. Um, I actually really liked the costume work done in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think that the there's a again a subtlety and uh, a just creating a time and a place that is really interesting when once upon a time in Hollywood and creating that late sixties style that uh, is very specific, but also really captures the, the slightly stylized world that Tarantino was creating. And I found that really captivating and really interesting. Uh, Robert, what are your predictions and preferences for this category as well? Uh, my predictions are I will fall asleep during this part of the ceremony. Um, but I am little women all of the way. I loved Amy Shawl. I loved everything about it. So I am all in on little women winning. Um, I think a possible spoiler might be Joker simply because his outfit was so iconic and is going to be, uh, you know, a Halloween costume for a decade to come. But I hope not. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the other spoiler could be Jojo Rabbit. I do think that Jojo Rabbit has uh, won a couple of the Guild Awards as well. So I do think that is one of those films that might just end up um, making making it here. Yeah, yeah. I think what we're both saying, because we've now mentioned four of the five nominees, are... None of them really stuck out for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, makeup and hair. Uh, Robert, why don't you start off with this one? What are your predictions and preferences here? I think Bombshell will win simply because, um, you know, creating Megan Kelly and having Charlie's look that good uh, is probably going to put them over the edge. Um, my preference, as always, is going to be the more creative makeup and hairstyling, so I picked Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Uh, even though it's not a very good movie, it's still uh, a delight to look at. So Yeah, yeah. But this is another category where I could very easily take a bathroom break. Yeah, this is, this is one that... Uh, Again, I think that Bombshell is definitely going to be the one to win. I don't think there's any question about it. And I, I just I, I don't I don't care. 
I don't care who <laughs> wins. Uh, I, I'm not a big, I, Maleficent just doesn't do anything for me. And I, I have no preference over who wins here. And I don't think there's any spoilers. I think that this is going to be bombshell all the way. I think we're looking at the same trajectory that brought us darkest hour that brought us vice. Uh, it is how, how much can we make, actors that we know look like people that we know in real life. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Uh, production design, Robert, your, your thoughts. I'm all in on once upon a time in Hollywood. Mm. I think that a, I would pick it and B, I feel like everyone in the Academy is going to see it and think, Oh, that's not what Hollywood was exactly like, but that's the Hollywood that I wish it was like. Yeah. So I think they're going to tick the boxes for that. Mm. Yeah, that nostalgia factor. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do think that that is a really big possibility there. Oh, I uh, do want to shout out the house in Parasite, though. Like, yeah, that yeah. was also beautiful. Yeah. Uh, my prediction is 1917. I do think that the Academy... Uh, yeah, I, I just... I have a feeling in my gut that 1917 is going to be the big awards winner this year and that they are going to really want to recognize the technical achievement of it. And I just, I, I see the, the design of the trenches, the design of the, the bombed out cities and the design of these spaces that the characters move through and fluidly move through. I see them seeing that as being such a, uh, a feat that, uh, I just, I, I can see them seeing that as being worthy of, um, of awarding, uh, and, and, and recognition. My preference is Parasite. I just think that that uh, not just the house, but the the ways in which Bong Joon Ho uses all the different levels and layers between the house and the the house of the family that is down at the bottom of the hill. And I just I think it's it's really magnificent. Uh, I do think that you're right that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has a really good chance of. Uh, winning as well so that's my that's my possible spoiler here yay score (laughs) okay are you ready to get angry (laughs) Uh, i am we my wife and i were watching uh saturday night live the other night and uh they had the little bit about white male rage being the theme of this year's oscars with joker and uh yep i think you're i think you're you're on to something there (laughs) So we both have, I'm going to spoil yours, I apologize, yes. Josh. We both have Joker as winning, which I think is a little bit of bullshit because it's a terrible score. <laughs> um, and I doubly think that it's bullshit because John Williams has been nominated over 50 times for Oscars. He hasn't won in probably 35 years. This is the end of the most iconic uh, musical story in history, I would say. It's 40 years of new scores, each of which is probably in the top 100 scores of all time. And let's face it, it's probably his last opportunity to get an Oscar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
And the fact that that is not the narrative for this category is yeah. very upsetting to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I I hear you on that. I, I you know, I'm not a big fan of the latest Star Wars film, so I think it's one that's easy for me to overlook even though you know, the music is gorgeous. I, I agree with you. I think John Williams is always really strong and mm-hmm. really he's always turning in good good work, right? Yep. Um but yeah, I do think Joker is hands down the favorite to win. I do think that my favorite score was Marriage Story. I really loved what Randy Newman did there. I think that it uh, was a nice counterbalance to the story and to the emotional rawness of the narrative. And I really liked uh, Alexandra Desplat's score for Little Women. So honestly, I'd be happy with either of those mm-hmm. composers winning. Um, yeah. yeah, four out of five of the nominees are great. Marriage yeah. <laughs> Story is a great throwback to Delarue. Little Women yeah. is just Desplat being Desplat. And, of course, the one that sucks is going to win. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. I'm being a little blunt, but <laughs> have you listened to it? <laughs> yeah, I do think that if there was any chance for anything to win, I do think it might be 1917. I do think that uh, Thomas Newman's score is interesting there. Uh, it's it, his 12th nomination yeah. and he hasn't won yet. <laughs> it's oh, not... <laughs> could you imagine, though, he was nominated for his version of Little Women in the 90s and he loses to Desplat's version of Little Women? <laughs> oh, that would suck oh. to be him. Yes, I'm glad I'm not him for that, so... Um, song, best song, Robert, your, your, I think we're actually all the way down the line on this one here. Yeah. Rocket man all the way. I think it's by far the best song of the nominees. I really loved it. Um, I think that it's going to win. I think it should win. The only poss for me, the only possible spoiler is Diane Warren because she hasn't won the Oscar yet. Yeah. Uh, and so this movie called Breakthrough, which probably 14 people saw in Pennsylvania, might somehow get an upset. But aside from that, I'm all in on Elton. Yeah. I do think that the other potential upset, and I don't think it's going to happen, I do think the other potential upset could be the uh, song from Harriet Stand Up if uh, the Academy is looking to give that film anything. Uh, I just, that's that's the only potential thing. But because Rocket Man only was nominated for this song, I just have a feeling that people love Elton John and they really want to award a film that they felt was probably less appreciated than it should have been. Yep. I concur. Uh, animated shorts. So uh, my prediction for this is hair love, which I think is a really sweet and lovely uh, short film. My preference is a, absolutely gorgeous and heartbreaking film called memorable. I think it is doing interesting things with the animated medium. Uh, it's a film about a man losing his memory to Alzheimer's. I found it deeply moving and deeply emotional, but the truth is that I will be perfectly happy if hair love wins. I think hair love is a really charming, uh, film. I also think that uh, a lot of the the nominees in this category are actually pretty strong. This is a a 
better slate of nominees than I have seen in a few years. Uh, so yeah, uh, your prediction preference. Yeah, I honestly have no idea because I didn't want to go on Gold Derby. I felt like that would be cheating. <laughs> so I just went for the one that I liked the most, and that was Hair Love. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so we're both fairly under uh, prepared here for the live action shorts. But what I have been hearing uh, in the the reading has been that uh, Brotherhood and Saria are ones that are pretty strong in the uh in the the voting people are really uh responding to those ones pretty well i have seen a sister which uh was pretty good uh, i don't know if you remember from last year's live action shorts the the film about the woman on the phone with her son the mm-hmm. whole time it's it's kind of similar to that it's similar to the uh film the foreign language film from a few years ago called the guilty as well uh so it's kind of a about a 911 operator who is on the phone with a woman who is in trouble it's, it's compelling uh i don't think it's great but i think it's compelling um but I'm I'm really hoping to catch the rest of these before the ceremony tonight, uh, just to see uh, how the rest of these shape up. Uh, it's nice to know that they're not, you know, in some years you'll get like 40 minute shorts. Uh, these are all about 25 minutes long, so they're all fairly uh, short, digestible. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, when we look at the documentary feature categories. Uh, Robert, what is your prediction and preference? I think it's a very strong year for documentaries, but I am all in for American Factory. I think it's the best documentary of the five. Um, I love that it's a spiritual sequel to The Last Truck, um, made by the same team, and it's got that Barack and Michelle power behind it, so I think that it's going to also win. Yeah, yeah. I do. I think that this is the, the narrative right now the director also is uh currently in a battle uh with cancer and so i do think that that's also a it's a compelling story that she is this world-class documentarian who has been making films like this for decades and is uh you know surviving cancer right now and i think it's it's a very compelling story to tell um, so yeah, I do think that's going to win. I think it's a strong film. Uh, I personally loved Honeyland, so that's it's so good. That's my preference. I think it is so good. It was one of those films I saw it at our Seattle Film Festival this last year, and I think it is one of those pieces of uh, creative nonfiction where you don't really know if it's a fiction film or if it's a documentary, and I think that's why it's also competing in foreign language film as well. And uh, it just, it feels, it's structured so much like a narrative and um, it's, it's gorgeous. So I do, I do love that film and would be so, so happy if it won. Uh, I do think for Sama, I've been hearing really great things about it. And I do think that this one has a potential of being a spoiler, Uh, though that and the cave, 
both being Syrian war documentaries. Yeah, it might split the would vote. Would probably split the vote, yeah. Yeah. Um have you heard much about the short subject documentary? Sure haven't. I'm going no. <laughs> to slowly back off and let you take the spotlight. Uh, so I have, this is one of those categories I have not had a chance to, uh, watch yet, but I have done a lot of research and reading about them. Uh, St. Louis Superman to me seems like the, the clear front runner for it. It's a heartwarming story. It's really palatable. It's the type of film that I feel like Oscar voters really like. It makes you feel good about people doing good work in their community. Um, in the Absence is one that uh, I will probably be catching in this next week. It's available on Vimeo, so it's it's out there. Uh, most of these, St. Louis Superman is the only one that isn't available to watch right now um, online. And In the Absence is a South Korean uh, short documentary. So in this year's ceremony, we have two of the f- first films from South Korea that have ever been nominated for the Oscars. And in the absence is about a fairy or a, I, yeah, I believe a fairy that uh, began to sink and the passengers who drowned and it was all captured on footage, uh, camera footage that survived and the workers on the ferry uh, had the opportunity to help save people, but chose to save themselves instead. And it's all Yikes. captured. And so it's this really harrowing found footage, uh, piece of filmmaking, uh, that the, the way the ferry, uh, sunk, uh, all of the technology was essentially, uh, preserved. Uh, so they're able to, to capture that. And so it's harrowing. I know that that will not be the one that wins. Uh, it's a little too dark, but, uh, I do think that one is, um, is one that is, uh, really, really compelling to me and, uh, really interesting. Uh, I do think that learning to skateboard in a war zone, if you're trying to, uh, win your Oscar pool, I do think that one is probably a, a, potential spoiler to the St. Louis Superman. Again, another emotional and heartwarming, uh, film. So, uh, learning to skateboard in a war zone. If you're a girl is uh, a good, a good choice as well. Uh, let's move on to cinematography, Robert, your predictions and preferences. I just want to say, I think this is next to the screenwriting category is probably the strongest category Mm. there is, even though Joker is nominated, I think that it looks like a million bucks. Um, Rodrigo did a fantastic job with The Irishman. Uh, Jaren Blaschke, and I'm sure I'm mispronouncing the name, was incredible with The Lighthouse. Just such a beautiful throwback. However, I think that it's obviously going to be Deacons. There's no way yeah. Deacons is not going to win for a quote-unquote single-take film. And I think that some of the things that he does, especially in the more uh, esoteric sequence after the guy gets the concussion, is fairly incredible. So I'm going to go all in and say I vote for it, and I also think it will win. Yeah, I do think that it will be the winner, hands down. I don't think there is any 
any chance that another film was going to win this one. I think that is without a doubt the winner. I really love what was done with the lighthouse. I think that oh, beautiful. Yeah. The cinematography there. That's my preference. Um, I will probably be the anti 1917 candidate all the way. Uh, <laughs> I think it 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 will take me probably a couple of years to be able to revisit that film and be able to be a little less uh, uh, biased against it. So I am, uh, yeah, I am, I am lighthouse all the way on this one. <laughs> uh, editing, Robert, your your picks on editing. I think should win, and I also think will win is obviously Parasite. The way that the editing sort of keeps the tone in line the entire time, even when uh, incredibly crazy shit is happening, and by shit I mean, you know, the street that was filled with shit. Yes. Um, but am I allowed to curse, by the way, Josh? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah no, that's <laughs> totally fine. This is labeled um, explicit, so you're fine. Yeah, I just think tonally it was the smallest needle to thread and they pulled it off brilliantly resulted in a masterpiece and should get oscar gold for it and will yeah 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 i i think that this is probably going to be the one to to win as well i think it should win as well i do think that um it has i i believe it won at the uh the editing guild awards as well. So, I mean, this is parasite has been chugging along at so many different craft awards this year, which has been a nice surprise. And, uh, so yeah, I think this is, this is the one, the one to beat. Uh, I do think that if there is any spoiler here, it might be the Irishman just because Thelma Shoemaker is such a revered figure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think that I do unfortunately think that people don't understand that uh, editing is not about making something shorter, <laughs> that it's about <laughs> capturing tone and it's about uh, tightening pace and making something work. Um, and I think that, you know, the Irishman is a masterpiece. And I think that the what what she did to help Scorsese shape it is really, really beautiful. And uh, I think there is a fundamental misunderstanding of the craft of editing when people say, oh, she should have reined him in more. So I agree. I would like it if Irishman picks up something. <laughs> I totally agree. I think, unfortunately, that is probably unlikely based on where we are heading here. <laughs> um, best animated film, Robert. Uh, I loved Missing Link. I think the fact that it's spoiled at the Golden Globes made people actually watch it. So hopefully it has a lot of buzz about it and will push it over the finish line because I don't want the production company to go out of business. I want them to keep making stop motion animated movies for the next 20 years. So yeah. even though part of me thinks that toy story four may win, I am just going to keep that little voice in my head quiet until um, I am, it is either confirmed or denied. <laughs> but speaking of little voices saying that toy story four is going to win. What's your pick, Josh? 
I think Toy Story 4 is going to win. I, I think it's possible that it won't. It, that is, you know, always possible. But I just, I, I think that the Pixar machine is too big. And I think that, you know, there have been upsets. And I would love to see Laika... Uh, pick up this award i think that uh, you know missing link to me is maybe my least favorite of the leica films um i think it's charming i think it's delightful but i i think it's my least favorite of them i would love to have seen them win for something like Coraline or paranorman mm-hmm. um but you know Still, I'll be happy. I would be happy if Missing Link wins. Uh, I think my preference. So I, I am a little underprepared in the animation category, but I'm going to give my preference for something I have not seen yet, mainly <laughs> because I absolutely love uh, the the types of riskier animation that gets nominated, and I am always just super excited when this happens. And so I am really hoping that I lost my body wins. Uh, it's a French uh, animated film that is streaming on Netflix and I just haven't had a chance to get to it yet. It just looks completely inventive and really unique. Uh, So this is one that I think could be really fun and uh, really a delight to watch. So uh, I, I I think that could be fun. I, I have been hearing rumblings though about Klaus. Uh, There's a lot of love for this film out there and that this one might actually upset and run away with it, uh, over toy story Four. Yeah. It's a very, like overall, it's a very strong category. How to train your dragon was great. Uh, I have seen, I lost my body and you're going to be over the moon for it. When you see it, uh, toy story four is better than it has any right to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so good category overall. Yeah, yeah. It's a you know, I always love it when when the animated category is better than it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh international film, uh you know, I think that we are in agreement here that uh, out of the nominees, yeah, you take it. <laughs> Parasite, I think that uh Parasite will win. Parasite should win. And you know, I think it's 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 pretty pretty solid deal here uh i do i do think pain and glory could be a possible spoiler if they decide that people are if the the academy voters are deciding to vote for parasite for best picture and they decide they want to spread the love but i still think that's highly unlikely yeah it might be a pons law brown situation where everyone expects it to win so everyone votes for other things yes (laughs) and i certainly wouldn't mind a pain and glory one because i thought it was incredible yeah yeah uh i have not seen corpus christi that is the one that i know the least about uh i have heard really solid things about les miserables and i'm uh very eager to catch that as well but uh those are two films that have had uh, les miserables had a very limited like one screening a day in the middle of the day engagement here in seattle and corpus christi uh, has not yet opened so those are ones that are uh i'll have to catch up with later yeah, I didn't get screeners for... I, I had to go see them in theaters. I didn't get screeners for either of them. Yeah. Uh, adapted screenplay. Robert, why don't you start us off on this? Uh, these are This is a pretty good... Uh, well, I guess mostly good uh, category. Good. Yes. 
Uh, I have to do my little asterisk here, which is I am currently writing a pilot for Dan Lin's production company, Ryback, so I'm going to abstain on picking the two popes in any of the categories in which it is nominated because yes. um, it would be a little bit biased of me. So, But uh, I think that since Gerwig was not nominated for Best Director, they're going to give her the Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay, and I think that they should. I think that she both did a brilliant adaptation of the book, but also made it feel fresh, made it feel new, put a nice coat of paint on it, and the last 20 minutes uh, made me remember why I wanted to write in the first place. So... I loved it. Yeah. I would be super happy if Little Women wins. I am... I, You know, when, when I first saw it, I thought, this is going to win Best Adapted Screenplay. I really, really thought it would. I am feeling that Jojo Rabbit is going to win. I really do. I uh, It won the USC Scripter Award for Best Adapted Screenplay. Uh there is so much love for Jojo Rabbit out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just think that that's going to be the award that Jojo Rabbit wins. Just like the one award that Little Women's going to win is going to be the Costume Design Award. Uh, so Which, I just, all things considered, Jojo Rabbit is a good movie. So yeah, yeah, we don't like, have to pull our hair out at a comic book adaptation winning. Exactly. And I don't feel I won't feel bad about it. You know, again, I think that it is... I like Taika Waititi a lot. I'll be happy to see him win. But uh, I do think that Little Women is such a masterful adaptation. And I do think that people... I don't understand why... I've been seeing on uh, Twitter recently just the conversation of uh, people being frustrated that uh, there's so much confusion over the timelines in Little Women. (laughs) That... uh, Oscar voters seem to be unable to make heads or tails over the 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 juggling timelines, and uh, it just it it makes me worried for Little Women's chances of getting the the award for screenplay. So uh, let's yeah. cross our fingers and toes. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, best original screenplay, Robert. What do you think will win, and what do you hope will win? Talk about a stacked deck, right? <laughs> uh, this this one probably is uh, my favorite category here. Yeah. Um. So I think it's going to come down to Tarantino or Parasite, and I'm just going to give the edge to Parasite because I feel as it, I feel like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is sort of losing steam, whereas Parasite is ga- gaining steam. Yeah. So I'm giving it to Parasite by a nose. However, never discount Tarantino. My favorite script of the year, the thing that gave me the most joy, was Knives Out. I'm a huge Agatha Christie aficionado. I've read all 80 of her books. So it was like me going to church, essentially. It was perfect. Mm, I loved yeah, it so yeah. much. So that's where my vote goes. However, I would be fine with literally any of the five winning. I know that you do not want 1917 to win. I like 1917 more than you. I, all five, I think are excellent screenplays. Yeah. You know, I, I really, I think that once upon a time in Hollywood is probably going to win. Just, that's my, 
my gut feeling, I think that it is Tarantino's best film or most mature film in a long time. And, you know, they are not going to give him best director. They are not going to give him best picture probably. Uh, and I just, there's just something about it that, that I feel like it would surprise me if he doesn't get it. It's possible. And, and, uh, uh, and I, I can't begrudge this film. I think it's a really, I think it's one of his stronger efforts. It made me believe in Tarantino again. Um, yeah, I wonder if Sony would have released it two months later, if it would just be the clear front runner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I really, I think my my preference is probably Marriage Story. I went through a pretty brutal divorce a number of years ago, and I think that uh, Noah Baumbach really captures the the emotion of that process and the the ways in which you feel like the rug gets pulled out from under you. The 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 deep humanization of both characters is so powerful and so uh, so well done. I think that uh, it's a really remarkable feat. And uh, I agree, though, that Knives Out is an absolute delight and Parasite is outstanding. So, yeah, I'm happy with most of these winning. 1917 would probably be my disappointment um, if it does win. It's uh, not going to win, though. No, no. I won't be throwing things at the TV if it wins, but uh, uh, I'd be close to. <laughs> <laughs> um, lead actor, uh, you know, I do. I think the, this is written in the stars. Joaquin Phoenix is without a doubt going to win. I think that he has won pretty much everything. And there's nothing that's going to take that away now. Um, I, I really, I think Adam Driver's performance in Marriage Story was fantastic. And I would love to see him win. Uh, I also think that Antonio Banderas in uh, Pain and Glory was phenomenal. He was absolutely incredible in that film. And I would, I mean, this was a career high for him. So I would be really happy if he won as well. Yeah, Driver has probably my favorite single scene of acting, which is an odd scene. It's where he accidentally cuts himself with a knife. Yes. And is desperately attempting to make everything seem normal as he bleeds and bleeds and bleeds. Uh, that said, I'm giving it to Banderas. I think, like you said, it's his career best performance. And it's him and Almodovar, the dream team. I love him so much in this movie, and I am very upset that he is not going to win. Yeah, yeah. I feel like in earlier this year, he was the clear front runner, and then suddenly Joaquin Phoenix, the the momentum just took off for him, and uh, I just it it breaks my heart that Joaquin Phoenix is going to win for this role. Yeah, it's not even funny, but I'm bumching. Yeah. Um, Oh, one other, the Banderas thing is exactly like when Penelope Cruz was nominated for Volver and everyone was like, this is the greatest performance of the decade. And then yeah. somehow she doesn't win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, supporting actor. Uh, I think Brad Pitt is probably going to walk away. Well, no, he's definitely going to walk away with this one. I don't think there's any question here. Um, I 
was completely blown away by both Joe Pesci and Al Pacino in The Irishman. I know neither of them are going to win, but I would be super happy with either of them winning. I think I am totally okay with Brad Pitt winning, but uh, the the two supporting guys from Irishman would be nice surprises for me. Now, do you think if only Pesci had been nominated, he would be the front runner? No. No. Okay. I you think, think I, it would be Pitt all the way? I think this is Pitt's year. I think this is the year that they have decided to finally give Pitt an award. Mm-hmm. Okay. I also think that Pitt will win. I'm all for Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, Tom Hanks. Like, I cried more at that movie than... <laughs> Uh, any other film this year, and it wasn't because of the screenwriting or the direction, it was because of Hanks's performance. I thought he was just perfect, he captured the mood, uh, I absolutely adored it. The moment where he's sitting with, what's the guy's name, Matthew... Matthew Reese. Matthew Reese, and just says, let's be silent for a moment in the diner. And he's sitting by in the cameo, uh, Fred Rogers' actual widow and several other people who were in the movie is just, it's absolutely brilliant. Just the small things he does with his face there. Beautiful, beautiful work. Yeah, you know, that that film, I didn't love the film, uh, but I do think that Tom Hanks was incredible in that film. And he... You know, we're about to get into some performances that descend into mimicry, mm-hmm. right? And I think that he avoids mimicry and really, uh, I think, better than the film itself, he captures the heart of Fred Rogers. Um, I think the film, to me, doesn't quite get at what made Fred Rogers such a remarkable person, but Tom Hanks was able to capture that. Better than the better than the script and better than the the director was able to there. So yeah, yeah. So can I tell you a little story about Best Actress? Yes. So in 1954, Judy Garland was mounting this major comeback, and a movie came out called A Star Is Born. It wasn't nominated for Best Picture, but it was nominated for Best Actress, and she was the clear front runner for the award. She won every major award leading up to it, the Golden Globe, etc., etc., and everyone expected her to win that night, and then she didn't. It was Grace Kelly and the Country Girl for... Uh, pretty mediocre performance, but everyone thought she was going to win. Everyone was really on this comeback train, and then she didn't. And then this year, Renee Zellweger is on a comeback train being Judy Garland in, uh, in a film, and she has won every major award leading up to the Oscars. Is history going to repeat itself? I certainly hope so, because I don't think Renee Zellweger should win. I think she's. I think that there's still an 80% chance she will win, but I wouldn't mind if she didn't. <laughs> yeah. You know, this, this is a category that I think is going to be really interesting. Um, last year, Glenn Close was the frontrunner. She had won every major award. And this was the the category where there was a huge surprise. Mm-hmm. It was, I think, one of the only categories where there was really a huge surprise besides Best Picture. So, um, And three yeah. of the four other nominees, I would be perfectly happy if Scarlett Johansson, uh, Charlize Theron, or my pick, Sorcy Ronan, would win. 
Yeah. Yeah. So this is, I mean, this is going to be interesting. So we both agree that, uh, Renee Zellweger is probably going to win. Um, my pick is probably Scarlett Johansson. Uh, I think I really liked her. I do think that, uh, Shersha Ronan is definitely up there as a, as one of my, uh, favorites and i would be perfectly happy if she won i i thought Charlize theron was okay in bombshell i think she was maybe the one of the better parts of it but not my favorite thing yeah it's a situation where the movie does not deserve her performance i feel like (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah it's a this is a this is a fairly weak category i think um all the this category and supporting actress are both incredibly weak and i'm just going to i know that i said it on the last one but the fact that lapita nyong'o is not nominated is so infuriating here yeah well and and again you know having just watched uh judy and you know having just seen a ton of judy garland films on the criterion channel and seeing how incredible a performer she was and seeing none of that translate into Renee Zellweger's performance. Uh, you know, I don't necessarily expect that to be in the behind the scenes stuff, but I do expect some of that to be in the, the performances that Zellweger gives on stage. And, you know, one thing that I notice in every Judy Garland film that we have seen is just how, generous she is with her fellow performers mm-hmm. and how um how much warmth there is there and Zellweger didn't get that in the performance she is essentially getting some of the mannerisms and some of the the physicality down but there is none of that uh that selflessness that you get from Judy Garland where she really throws herself into the performance. And uh, to me, that just is, it, it, it lost, it lost me quite a bit, uh, quite early on in the film. I also feel like not many people have seen it. You know, I feel like everyone talks about like, Oh yeah, I'm going to vote for her because of X, Y, and Z, but then they never give specifics about the movie itself, which always raises red flags for me. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to supporting actress. Uh, Robert, what is your prediction for this one? My prediction is that this is the weakest category aside from makeup and hairstyling. Um, but I think that Laura Dern is obviously the front runner. I don't think it's specifically for this performance. It's more of a, you've done good, and now we're finally going to give you your gold. Um, she's quite good in the movie. Don't get me wrong. It's just, it's more of a career performance as opposed to for the movie itself. I will happily give my personal Oscar to Florence Pugh, who I partially for little women, partially for Midsummer. Um, I think that she is just the bee's knees and is going to be a huge, I've loved her since Lady Macbeth. Yeah, And I'm so happy she is rocketing toward the A-list, and I would happily give her gold. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I really, I agree, I think Laura Dern is more than likely going to be the one to win. I do think that 
I will be totally happy if she wins. I will also be very happy if Florence Pugh or Scarlett Johansson wins for Jojo Rabbit. I think that, uh, accent aside, I think that Scarlett Johansson gives a lovely performance in Jojo Rabbit. And oh yeah, uh, she's quite good. Would be really happy to to see either of those performers win. I think Margot Robbie does some interesting things in Bombshell. Um, that she actually was maybe one of the the things that I found most interesting in the film, even if the film itself is pretty awful. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I I cannot see that film getting any love. Yeah, Johansson was so good with the little thing where she painted the Nazi mustache on her face. All of these performances seem to come down to a single scene, right? Yeah, yeah. You know exactly what the scene is supposed to be as opposed to a performance, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Directing, Robert, your prediction and preference. Uh, Mendez is going to win it for his one shot, and Bong Joon-ho should win it for Parasite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Sam Mendes is definitely going to win. Uh, I would love to see Bong Joon-ho win. I I think there's a potential for a spoiler there with Bong Joon-ho. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I would be very, very happy if he did uh, end up spoiling Sam Mendes's day there. Yeah, I. Uh, however, it's also, uh, I don't mind. Mendes has been doing such good work for so long. So it's like, give it to him for the Oscar he didn't win for Road to Perdition and Skyfall and so on and so forth. So, yeah, yeah, I'm fine with it. (laughs) Uh, All right. So here we are. We're at the final final stretch. And this is interesting because we are kind of all over the place with our... Yeah, we disagree about everything here. (laughs) And I think that's fun. That's part of the the joy. Um, So, Robert, what is your prediction? What do you think is going to win? Okay, so I think it's going, it's a horse race between Parasite and 1917. I feel like 1917 is losing a bit of uh, steam, whereas Parasite is gaining a bit of steam. And I think that voters felt the pushback after Roma lost last year to that movie that we won't mention. So I feel like they're going to give it to a foreign language film for and give it to Parasite. I am not surprised if 1917 wins. However, I'm going to attempt to will it into existence by saying that it's going to win. My preference is Little Women, which I think is one of the best uh, adaptations in the history of film. I think it's, yeah, I agree. I think Little Women is flawless in its adaptation. I think it's incredible. Um, yeah, I honestly am happy if uh, I, I think 1917 is going to win. I think it is. Uh, this is me resigned to the <laughs> mediocrity of this year's Oscars. Um, I uh, you know so here is my my one line feeling about 1917. I felt like it was a technical exercise in search of a soul, and. Uh, all of the other films that I really loved from this year, like Parasite or Marriage Story or Little Women or The Irishman or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or Jojo Rabbit, all of those films 
there was something really rich and rewarding about the experience of watching it. They had some interesting things to say. Um, I never felt manipulated, uh, except maybe with Parasite, but the manipulations were all in the right ways, right? Where you're, you're being given just the right amount of information in the right way and led down uh, in the hands of a master storyteller. Yeah, the end could come across as very manipulative, but then it even folds in from there, which exactly. is just genius. Yeah. So for me, I am happy with honestly any of these films winning uh, Best Picture. I think that if uh, Ford v. Ferrari wins... You're if... okay with Joker winning? No, 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 no. If, if Ford v. Ferrari or Joker wins, that will be... Uh, very 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 sad day for me <laughs> so uh and and 1917 is probably going to win and that uh i'll be i'll be i'm resigned to the fact that that is going to win uh but uh yeah i i do think there is a slight potential for once upon a time in hollywood uh i just you know those those academy members they love those films about themselves right and uh, I I don't think it's going to happen, but I just I want to put that as a caveat, just to, you know, to increase my credibility if it does happen. <laughs> Can I ask you one last question about this? Yeah. So twenty five years from now, just pretend it's twenty five years and the world hasn't ended because of Trump, but let's just pretend. And what movie do you think, looking back, people would? say, oh, this is the one that obviously should have won Best Picture? You know, I think that this one... I know you do your, your Oscar polls in some of the Facebook groups. Um, I think this one this one would be a tough one. I think that we might end up with a uh, Irishman situation. Yeah, I think it's it would be Irishman. Everyone, yeah. looking back, I think it's going to hold up much better. Yeah, you know... Uh, I think that the what Scorsese is doing in commenting on just the the toxicity of that that white male gangster culture and the destructiveness of it from the very opening shot, you know, we have the 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 opening Goodfellas shot, but it's going through the retirement home. <laughs> instead of the nightclub i just think it's a brilliant opening i think it's a a great way to to meditate on mortality and the showing that this is not the cool slick thing that you've thought it was for all these years uh i just think it's i think it's brilliant i think it's an incredible opening I agree. I think Irishman, and oddly, I think Jojo Rabbit is going to like pull a Wes Anderson and just keep getting better and better with time. Yeah. Because you know college students are going to latch on to this and have posters yeah. for years yeah. and years. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think this is, is going to be an interesting thing. I actually think a lot of these will, eventually, will hold up better. I do think that... Uh, Joker, unfortunately, is going to be one that people are going to hang on to. I think this is going to be one of those ones like The Dark Knight, which is a much better film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that this is going to be one of those films that uh, that comic book fanboys will continue to 
uh, crow about as uh, a defense of their taste. Which is a shame, because there are great comic book movies. Logan, yeah. as you mentioned, Dark Knight. Black Panther is very, very good. Even Avengers Endgame is pretty great. It's yeah. just, why this one? Yep, yep, exactly. Um, well, Robert, thank you for joining me. Do you have plans for the Oscars tonight? Yes, of course. I'm going to have an Oscar party. <laughs> nice, nice. What do you do for your Oscar party? Uh, we, I give away a criterion disc to whoever guesses the most categories right. But the problem is I always end up winning. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have all about my mother and it will be given away. Nice. Nice. Well, Robert, thank what you about once again. yourself? Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, well, my wife and I, we don't get uh, live TV, so we will be, uh, watching this from a hotel room. We rent a hotel room every year. Oh, that's and so uh, we will be uh, checking into our hotel at three o'clock today and we have our Oscar snacks and we will be uh, settling in for our own little uh, little Oscar tradition. This is our third year doing this and uh, it's a real delight to oh, I have to know this. is it going what what hotel is it going to be like a La Quinta is it going to be a Red Roof Inn like do you go all out and you're like let's go to the Marriott what uh, is your Oscar hotel of choice it's a Hilton I I travel a lot for work and so I get points and so we have a nice little Hilton with a suite and a kitchen and we cook our food there so we can save a little bit of money but it's a nice like one one bedroom suite with a full full kitchen and everything so yeah that seems super fun if you were in la would you do it at the chateau marmont (laughs) probably not i don't know that we would have the money for that (laughs) it's only six hundred dollars a night oh that's not too bad that's not too bad maybe maybe we could figure that out (laughs) we we keep saying that we're going to do the same thing and uh, start inviting people but we're lazy and have not invited people yet so uh maybe next year we'll we'll do this i'll drive up to seattle that's perfect. That's great. We can we can live podcast the next uh, for the next one, and we'll just be crying most of the time. I'm sure. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, Robert, thank you once again for joining me. This has uh, been so much fun. Where can people find you online? Uh, Rob, the Robert Taylor Odyssey.wordpress.com. Uh, you're not going to be able to write that down, so please feel free to click on the link underneath that. I'm sure Josh will. Uh, provide, uh, I'm getting back into film noir now that I have wrapped up my Criterion Odyssey for 2019. So, enjoy. Awesome. Well, you can find the show at cinemacocktail.com. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're at cinemacocktail.com, you can check out some of our other shows, including Criterion Channel Surfing and the Seattle Cinema Almanac, as well as news, film reviews, and analysis. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Josh Hornbeck. Cinema Cocktail, the website, and all of our shows are supported by audiences, so please consider making a monthly pledge to help keep keep things running by visiting patreon.com slash josh hornbeck for five dollars a month you get early access to reviews and all of our podcasts and for ten dollars you get the opportunity to suggest titles for bonus episodes for our podcasts as always i would like to thank all of our current patreon supporters your support really is incredible and i am very very grateful uh we'll be back soon with a final oscar recap and i hope you'll join us thanks for listening